John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas. Awesome opportunity to play a great program in Baylor. One that's extremely well coached, having played against Coach Aranda's defenses before. Three different places now we've played against him. Before, so, you know, really great coach. He's done an unbelievable job. Saw the end of their game. We have recruits here, but saw the end and saw his post game on the field and just how he speaks. You can tell his passion for his players and, you know, how it's about them and not himself. So, uh, this will be an awesome matchup. Now, back to today's JMO Radio Show. From the Allen Samuel Studios, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. It's Lane Kiffin, the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels, headed to New Orleans to play Baylor in the All-State Sugar Bowl coming up on New Year's night. Baylor number seven in the CFP poll and Ole Miss number eight in the poll. Great matchup there, Big 12, SEC. No better, nobody better to talk about the matchup than our good friend Stephen Hawkins, Associated Press writer, who just happens to be a big Baylor fan, uh, but also an Ole Miss grad. So, oh, Stephen, uh, this one is right in your wheelhouse, isn't it? Baylor versus Ole Miss. Don't they say your heart is where your money is? Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. True. So you have hey. you have had kids go through there or are still there? I had I had one who spent a couple years there, but he actually was drawn back to Texas. So you know, all my kids are end up going to be Texas, you know, graduates inside the state of Texas. Hey, there you go. But but I did have two years of experience of getting to go back and forth, and got got many trips to Oxford those couple of years. Nice, very good. Well, uh, I know you're proud of your alma mater, and what a great matchup, huh? Baylor and Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I I, I said when I saw that this was possible, I said this is going to be a fun matchup. You got two great offenses; they're going to be fun to watch. You got two improved defenses, really, too, and I, I think that's going to be kind of had to come together in this game. But yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I will say this. Lane Kiffin's offense is a lot more fun to watch than it is listen to him talk. He's very low key. <laughs> yeah, you can I tell in that bite, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which was from the bowl announcement on Sunday and very, very, very low key. I mean, even said, We're very excited to be in the matchup. We're very excited to be in the Sugar Bowl. You know, it just didn't uh, didn't resonate that well. So, but they've done well. They've had a great season. Is it, uh, you said Lane Kiffin's offense. Is it Lane Kiffin's offense or is it Jeff Lebby's offense? I think it's a combination of both because I think what, what, obviously Lane wants a lot. He wants things to be big offensively and, and Jeff brought that in. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, I mean, there's, he's going to go find somebody else is very similar to that, and you know he'll find somebody. I don't know if, if Jeff's going to stay for the bowl game or not. I haven't heard that yet. So you, would, I'd be surprised if he did, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I would be. Yeah. yeah. Considering there's three weeks or so before the game, yeah, it's just too much time. Right. That he needs to be recruiting in his new job. So. Right. Right. I, I'd be really surprised. Of course, Jeff Levy with the ties here was a coach here. Coach Brown's son-in-law, Jeff Levy, and man, he's done great things. And that seemed like when Brent Venables got that job at OU. That was probably his first target, wasn't it, to get uh, Levy as his OC? I mean, I was heard, I was hearing that almost before um, yeah. Venables had been hired. So, yeah, I, I I truly think that that's a good mix for them, though, because, you know, you do have somebody coming home, and, and right now Oklahoma needs to kind of settle things, and they need people 
that have connections, and I think Venables and Levy are perfect situation for that. Yeah, good point. All right, uh, you've kept up with Ole Miss a lot more than we have or I have. Uh, kind of give us a capsule of their season. I know a really high-powered offense. You said an improved defense. Uh, how's the season gone for Ole Miss? Well, I tell you what, it's the first 10-win regular season in school history, so wow. that tells you a lot right there. But, uh, you know, it, it all starts with Matt Corral, obviously, the quarterback. And, and, and the thing about Matt, he was, he was much improved. He, he's a guy that, you, as you watched him last year, you, you knew he was dynamic. You knew he could do a lot of things. But I think what stood out last year was he had a six-interception game against Arkansas. He threw five interceptions against LSU. So there's 11 interceptions in two games. Hmm. So he was a guy who could make plays, but he, sometimes he didn't make great decisions. Sometimes he tried to force things. You could tell a guy that was improved during the offseason and really wanted to kind of hone in and be a more a smart player and still be aggressive. He's done that. I mean, he's only thrown four interceptions this year. Wow. He's thrown for 3,300 yards. He's run for another almost 600 yards, and he's had a bum ankle for about a month. Hmm. So, you know, he, he, I think that's the key to what Ole Miss has been able to do is Matt Carell has been a smarter quarterback. I mean, he's always been talented, always had time. He's had – he's got a – Several wide receivers now. They've been banged up, so they've had to interchange some. Um, they've got a you know a running back in Jerry Ely, who's who's actually Jerry for them is kind of the trust and Ebner of Ole Miss. Okay, he does a lot. He rushes, he receives. He's an all-purpose guy. So you you see a little connection there. And then defenses. I mean, I, Ole Miss obviously still gives up a, a lot of yards, but you know they've only given up 25 points a game, which is a huge improvement over last year. And, you know, you've got guys like Sam Williams, who's a first-team All-SEC defensive lineman. He's got 12 and a half sacks. They've got a couple of uh, transfers in there, and it's just made a huge difference. And, and I think they had to have a defense. I mean, yeah, they're going to score a lot of points, but you can't outscore everybody 50 to 48 every game. Hmm. That's good. That's a good assessment. Uh, and Corral, is he an older guy, or what year is he? He is a senior. Uh, okay. I, I think he's a junior, actually. I get, I get, I get all confused with the last <laughs> I year. I know. And, and who, I think he could come back into the year, but he's already made it clear that this is going to be it for him. He, okay. you know, he's going to be a he's going to be a, a pro prospect, possibly a first round pick. Uh, you know, possibly top ten. Uh, he's got that. He's a smaller guy, but he's got that kind of um, ability and that athleticness that people are looking for. And so he's already made it pretty clear that this is going to be it. But he does plan to play in the ball game especially a sugar bowl like this. Gotcha. All right, let me uh, – I'll stretch your fandom knowledge of your alma mater here. When when was the last time Ole Miss was in the sugar bowl? Uh, was it six years ago, the 2015 season? Okay, so uh, it hadn't been that long. Oklahoma State. Here's the interesting part, though. Baylor, what, second time in third year? Yeah. This is like Ole Miss's second time since Archie Manning. So <laughs> that'll, that'll give you some concept of it. <laughs> That's kind of how things are measured there, right, uh, since exactly. Archie Manning. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, I think it's a great matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, for Ole Miss, they're in the Sugar Bowl with Alabama and uh, Georgia both being in the college football playoff. So, uh, how about this question? Uh, it's the first 10-win regular season in Ole Miss history. Are they, are they satisfied? Are they happy? You know, just happy to be there. They've got their 10 wins, and they're in the Sugar Bowl. Or do they want to try to get that 11th win? Oh, you, you can bet they want to get that 11th win, especially knowing it's Matt Carell's finale. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, hey, I'll be honest with you. When I was at Ole Miss, I went through my, my three years, I think, the overall record was like 16 and 18. Hmm. So believe me, we used to be satisfied to get seven, eight wins in a row. Every <laughs> once in a while, have a great year. But, you know, when you have these good years like this, you want to go ahead and finish it off. Now, 
Hey, I'm just hoping for a better outcome against a Texas Big 12 team than what happened when Ole Miss went to the Peach Bowl. I don't even want to say what happened, but we, we all know what happened. You know, that was the year, the first year of the playoffs. Right. Where Ole Miss and Baylor both, I mean, I'm sorry, Tech, uh, Baylor and TCU got left out of right. the playoff. Right. And I remember telling my wife that morning, um, Ole Miss is in trouble because they're going to play one of those two teams that's got something to prove. And sure enough, that's what happened. <laughs> that's the way it turned out, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I appreciate you being with us today. We talked earlier about the uh, Associated Press All-Big 12 team and honorees that were announced today. Uh, Aaron in the studio and I agree that uh, that you guys got it right, a little more more right than uh, the coaches in their vote, if you know what I mean. Well, well, Aaron had me looking to make sure I put the right list on the on the wire because he started reading uh, Matt, and I was like, wait, Eric Kelly's doing that, not, not Roberts. But <laughs> I'm glad to know I had the right list on the wire. But yeah, no, I just add the votes up. But yeah, it was it was it was interesting to see how those votes come together, and you know, I think um, people will can see that list everywhere. But yeah, it's it's we have a good representation. We have people representing all all teams, all states, so it works out really well. So um, you know, and I thought it was interesting because Brock Purdy was our first team all. Big 12 quarterback, and, and it's, you know, because there was so much of a split in the vote between Caleb Williams and Spencer Sanders. Mm. It was kind of interesting. interesting. That's the closest quarterback vote I've ever seen doing this, and I've been doing this for 20 years now. Is that right? Wow. How about that? So the Oklahoma guys kind of uh, um, um, averaged each other out or blocked each other out. Pretty much. It was pretty tight. I mean, so it, it, it's always interesting to see how that goes. But, yeah, the, the Baylor guys were well-deserved. Coach Aranda, very well-deserved on that. He's done a tremendous job. And, you know, I, I think watching what Baylor's done, it just, it's just proof of the, the talent that they're bringing in to continue to have and, and the, you know, kind of the, what the mindset that Coach Aranda has set out there. And I thought if there was a slam dunk in this, and it wasn't with the coach's vote, but I thought Coach Aranda being coach of the year was a slam dunk for this. Yeah, you, know, you just never – I guess coaches have different philosophies. Hmm. I don't <laughs> – <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Some underwriting uh, motivations sometimes, maybe, you think? Sure. Ulterior motives. I, I, I try not to read too much into those. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. It's probably best. That, that, gets, that gets me in trouble, gets you in trouble, too. Yeah, it's probably best. Stephen Hawkins, our guest, Associated Press writer, uh, proud Ole Miss grad. But you're not going to the game, right? You can't go to the game. Well, you know, I, I guess in some ways I'm fortunate because I, I can't sneak down there or I would really want to go down there. Right. I'll have to watch it on TV with some Baylor friends here. Or I told my wife I might just put some old, old Miss gear on and come to Waco and watch it. Sometime. There you go. Come that, on, that, yeah. That could, that could be fun as well. No, but I do. Yeah. I, we've got the Sugar Bowl on the 31st. I mean, Sugar Bowl. See, you've got me in Sugar Bowl. Yeah. We have the Cotton Bowl on the 31st. Right. Which, you know, obviously have Alabama and Cincinnati, so I've got to be doing that game. And then the Cowboys have their last home game on January 2nd. So it's really too difficult to try to squeeze in a trip to New Orleans a day in between all that. I gotcha. On New Year's day. I don't know. That AP budget, private jet, all that good stuff, I think you could have worked that out. Somebody told me you already had it booked for that weekend, so I can't use it. So. <laughs> exactly. What do you think about the way the CFP played out uh, with those four? You talked about the two in the Cotton Bowl. What do you think about those four making the college football playoff? Yeah, I, I think it ended up being pretty slam dunk for the committee. I think everybody was looking for a little chaos. And, um, you know, and I think Baylor kind of kept there from being much chaos mm -hmm. because of the way the Oklahoma State kept up. But, you know, I, I think if you base it on the full season, I think it would have been hard to knock Georgia out of there. And I think Cincinnati, I think it was, you know, for a group of five team, you know, I think it was time almost. And, and it's a future Big 12 team. So I think that speaks well of what the Big 12 went out and did, too, as well. But, you know, I, I do think that, in the end, the committee did the best they could, you know, as far as 
how they matched it up. I mean, you're always going to have this thing in Michigan have been number one, Alabama number two. You know, it's hard, it's hard to say. But in the end, it, I don't think it means it doesn't matter a whole lot. You've got the four teams in there that I think at this point probably should have been in there. And how would you predict uh, the way those games go, Alabama and Cincinnati and Georgia versus Michigan? You know, I, I, you know, I haven't really put a lot of thought in it, but yeah. I, I do think Alabama. I do think Alabama. I think it's going to be hard for Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is going to give Alabama a game. I think that is going to be a fun game to watch. And you know, and I'm trying to you know, with Michigan. I'm almost kind of Michigan Georgia. I kind of wonder the bounce back. I would kind of just on normal. I'd give almost uh, Michigan the edge in that game. Yeah. But you kind of wonder: Is Georgia going to fold after losing the SEC championship game, or is it remotivate them? So I, I, it's hard to tell. That's, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I think it's going to be Alabama versus one of those two teams. And don't ask me to predict a national champion because I never do very well when I do that. <laughs> I hear you, and I wouldn't know how to predict uh, Georgia, Michigan either. I mean, I think Michigan is maybe the best team this year, but I think certainly the second best team at least. But Georgia coming off loss, you know, would they end the year with two losses? So I think that could be a great matchup. Yeah, I mean, you just think about it. Before the SEC championship game, everybody was talking about Georgia being maybe one of the best teams ever in college football. So I don't know how one loss um, takes away how good they've been. But, again, it's, it's the psyche of a team. How do those players you're talking about, as we always talk about, you're talking about 18 to 22. I guess now we're talking about 18 to 23, 24-year-old kids hmm. with COVID. Here, but you know you don't know how they're going to react. So I think it's going to be interesting for the say. But I think that also shows how good a job Nick Saban continues to do at Alabama, no matter when everybody thinks he's down. All right, Stephen. Uh, congratulations to your Ole Miss Rebels making it to the Sugar Bowl versus Baylor. You know we were over there uh, a few years ago. When was that? When we played basketball over there um, in that beautiful new arena. When was that? Three, four, four, five years ago? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Uh, it's at least three years, maybe four. Right, right. But that was that was a great trip. It was really cool. And uh, what do our listeners need to know about uh, about the Grove, about uh, Oxford, about uh, Ole Miss, about that area? I, I tell you what, it, it's, it's a small town that's, you know, got a lot, a lot of character in it. You know, it's still got this downtown square and everything yeah. as you go there. But, you know, the Grove, obviously, is where everybody talks about. It's, you know, if everybody, anybody saw College Game Day when they were there this year, the second time they'd been there. It's just, it's 10 acres right in the center of campus. And it's just, you know, people just flock out there. There's there's probably as many people in the Grove during the game as there are in the stadium during the game. That huh. should tell you how much people enjoy the Grove. Um, but, you know, hey, and and. Right off the Grove is the circle where I proposed to my wife, and that's been thirty something years ago. Hey, there you and go. There's a lot. There's a lot of special, <laughs> special memories of Oxford. But yeah, I, I do. I mean, the Grove is just one of the fun places. But the funny part was when I was in school, and when I was working at the AP in Mississippi, I never really got to go hang out in the Grove. I was always working. <laughs> you were working too much. That's great. Well, I appreciate your time. Always great to visit, and uh, it's going to be a fun matchup, isn't it? Baylor and Ole Miss on New Year's night. I'm actually looking forward to watching the game. It is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm actually going to get to watch it as as a fan of right. football. I'm right. not going to be an AP sports writer. Right. Or I'm not going to, uh, you know, and I'm not going to pull either way. Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, no, I hear you. You pull for yeah, your alma mater. But, but but it is going to be a lot of fun. But I, I did. I hear, heard you talking about the Baylor Bookstore a minute ago. Where's the red and blue? I kept hearing you talking about gold t-shirts. <laughs> is there not a corner of red and blue over there? No. Uh, I, I looked <laughs> and didn't look real hard, but there was no red and blue that I could see. So that's another bookstore. I'm okay. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that. Hey, man, I appreciate it's, it. it. It's going to be a lot of fun, John. Yeah, it'll be great. Thank you very much, Stephen. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. All right, see, see you. Stephen Hawkins, a writer for the Associated Press. 
proud Ole Miss grad, Ole Miss and Baylor in the All-State Sugar Bowl on New Year's night. Great to visit with him. And uh, unfortunately, Aaron, he won't be able to make the uh, make the game. He's got the Cotton Bowl here. And then uh, Cowboys play the next day. 